Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are located in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and our mission is for you to know God and make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how you can partner with us, please go to fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. I want to mention that a church is a community of believers standing together for God's purpose in us together and as individuals. It's a community. And so don't look at it as this place you go Sunday morning. We are a family. We are a spiritual family. We stand with you. In fact, I want to tell you that not only are we burdened and pray for you that are here, but you have sometimes others in your families that are not serving God and situations that arise. Bring them to the fore. Our job is to pray one for another. Not only for us, but our families, that there'll be salvation, healing, deliverance, help. And so we want to be together, and that's why we're having a week of prayer. We could all pray alone, but folks, there's something of a dynamic of praying corporately that's very unusual because you come and you bring your experience, your anointing, your touch of God, and then we all, as we come together, we just blend, and that presence of God is so much richer when we pray together. I know we need to pray privately, and I preach private prayer and believe in it. But there is something special where two or three come together. Jesus seems to manifest himself in the midst. He walks in the midst of the golden candlestick, which is the church. And it's a very wonderful opportunity. You know, I had the privilege of having gotten saved at 17 and coming out of a church that I didn't know the word, didn't know scripture, never heard about being saved, born again, never knew your sins could be forgiven. I knew nothing. I was absolutely, totally, biblically illiterate, and it was quite a journey. But I'm thankful I got into a church where there were saints that knew how to pray, saints that praised. I learned to praise because I was in a praising place. And I grew so much by gleaning from those who had been older in the Lord and had experienced things. I want to speak to this generation. Don't cut off the old people. I believe that's a real mistake that society is fostering, that that older people have nothing to add to you. You know what? Younger people have nothing to add to you because they're just where you are. But there are some of us who have experienced, not because we're smarter, because time teaches and walking with God, you learn new things. Can anyone say amen here? And so we want to be a body, one body together that is growing together, taking an interest in one another. I want to just announce again, we're having a week of prayer. Our Epiphras prayer will be every morning, 7.30 to 10.30. Time to just soak and get alone with God. Tuesday will be the woman's breakfast. The prayer at Tuesday morning will stop at 9.30 and the ladies will have their time of fellowship together. And I want to tell you a secret. We men go in the kitchen and we have just as good a time as the ladies. In fact, we kind of giggle together, how they all talk at the same time, and yet they understand exactly what's going on. It's really quite a phenomenon. So if you want to join us in breakfast, you can come into the kitchen, and we let the ladies have such a great time. And you know what? Ladies need, mean it, need it. They, they carry a lot of things. I appreciate the heart of the women. And uh, I had a mother who prayed, prayed our whole family in. 
And uh, at our church, as I've told you, the pray ladies' prayer was Tuesday, and that's why I chose Tuesday, because my father got saved through the prayer of those ladies in the Tuesday. There is power when ladies join together. So ladies, come Tuesday, see what God will do. Also, we mentioned Monday night we will pray, will be part of our week of prayer that's little attended, and I'd like to encourage you to come Monday. Maybe some of you work and you can't come in the morning, and understandably so. Come Monday night, we start at 6.30, it's not a lengthy prayer meeting, we're usually out by quarter to eight, you're home by eight o'clock, and uh, that's good. Also, I want to mention Wednesday will be partly prayer instead of our longer Bible study, but I got to tell you folks, Bible study is an important part of the kingdom. We need to get into the word of God, and I don't feel we're studying like we once studied. And we want to really study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We don't want to just have a favorite verse here. We want to understand the message of the books. And we do that in our Sunday school. We have excellent teachers. And Wednesday night, we have a pretty good teacher too, most of the time. And so praise God, we want to really get into the Bible and get the message. But this Wednesday is going to be different. We're going to come together and pray. And we're going to just really share the blessing that we have been receiving from the book. All right? So bring your book uh, that you've received today. Read a chapter a day. And, uh, you know, maybe you want to underline what really speaks to you, ministers to you. And, um, and then we'll uh, have a time together of just sharing the, the value of it and what has ministered to us. Uh, we found an few copies that were behind the pulpit. I think they have one or two left. Uh, so, uh, Usher, do you have any others left? They're all gone. Okay, does everyone have a book or are we still lacking? Okay, we still need to buy some more. I was all right, so we'll order more. But bring this on Wednesday night, all right? And we'll come and we'll also pray. Okay. Now, this morning I want to speak to you about, I think, a very timely message. I want to start with a good note. I want to say this to you, the title of my sermon. You have been given a great gift. You know, in Jesus, there's great gifts. Come on, say amen if I say something good, because it's all down here from that, you know. I've been given a great gift. Say it, I've been given a great gift. And that's really true. You know, I remember when I got saved, some folks thought, well, some of my friends I hung out with, yeah, it's crazy, you know, you can't go here, you can't do this, you can't. You know, really, the only thing you give up in Christ is what's really bad for you will kill you or destroy you. And I find the things that are good in life, you enjoy more in Christ than out of Christ. And so I don't believe you give up anything. I think you just get this greatest gift that can ever. Plus you get peace. Come on, say amen. You get the assurance of eternal life. You have a hope, a future. You have guidance. You have healing. Man, we have received a great gift. But I want to tell you a true story about a man that my wife and I knew. And uh, he was really a great man. He taught in Bible school, the Bible school my wife attended for 40 years. Uh, he was a pastor. He could read the Bible in Greek. He was a tremendous mind and scholar in his own right. 
His name was Roy M. Gray. In the earlier days of his experience, there was a godly saint that laid hands on him and prophesied over him. And the prophecy was this, that God had given him a great gift. Now, probably like Brother Gray, we would be thinking, is it the gift of miracles? Is it the gift of healing? Am I going to have signs and wonders? And he admitted that he had thought those things and had those thoughts. And then the minister finished and said, I have given you the great gift, the gift of time. I've given you 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, four weeks in a month, 12 months in a year. I've given you the gift of time. Folks, I'd like to underline to you how time is such a great gift. You know, maybe you've heard the old adage, it's not very complex, you are what you eat. In the physical life, in the spiritual life, you are what you spend your time doing. That's it. How you spend your time molds who you are and where you'll be in eternity. Time is a great gift. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5 and we're going to look at what the Bible says about this time and we're going to read verse 8 and then 14, 15 and 16. I want you to read with me verse 16 because that's kind of our clincher. This is Ephesians chapter 5 and I'm going to read verse 8 first of all. It says, for you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And so, you know, sometimes I get the impression through the faith movement, we feel like because we've come to Christ, we have everything and we don't have to do anything. You know what, folks? That really doesn't line up with the Apostle Paul says. He says you're children of light, but he says walk as children of light. He tells us there's some things that we should do and there's some things we shouldn't do. And somehow we like the should do's but we don't like the shouldn't do's. I hope I said that right. But there's some things we need to do. Walk as children of light. Verse 14. It says, wherefore he said, awake you that sleep and Arise from the dead and Christ shall give you light. Can Christians sleep? Can we know about Christ and have received Christ and maybe in our spiritual walk be just really, just not really, really with it? We are asleep. When you're asleep, you dream, but you really aren't knowing what's about you. And I believe that God wants us to awaken out of spiritual sleep. Arise and get light. Light brings light upon your path and brings victory into your life. And so Paul really warns us here. Look at verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. That means carefully, watchfully, discerning the times. 
See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And so God wants us to discern the days that we're living in. The days that we're living in are evil days. How many would have thought 30 years ago that we'd been faced with some of the things that we're being faced with now? You know, we don't need less of God, folks. We need more of God. We don't need just a church that's full of ritual and performance and do our duty. We need a life-giving church. We need a church where the devil is kicked out and the Holy Ghost comes in and people become alive and Jesus is real. Yeah, I was looking at some of you in worship, you know, and some of you look crazy. <laughs> I saw someone visiting. I think he thought you were crazy. And I often say either you're crazy or you found something. When you find this thing, you get excited about it. When you find Jesus, you love him. When you really know him, you're willing to jump and shout and even raise your hand and maybe a little shout a little bit. Hallelujah. Because God is good. But you know the things of the world and the enemy has come to deceive, destroy. And one of the ways he is going to fight you is to take your time. Ha ha. So I'll never forget the day, I've told you before, we had a young man, he used to sing here a little bit, and he went out Sunday morning, in those days I used to shake at the door. I don't shake at the door anymore. I stay here and pray for those who have responded. I shake your hand before the meeting, not after, amen. But I used to shake my hands, I've learned a lot. And so anyway, I said to him, Kevin, so good to see you, I'll see you next week. He said, oh, I can't come next week. I said, why? He said, because the Redskins are playing. And I don't come to church when the Redskins were on. But after the Redskins, it was turkey hunting. And after turkey hunting, it was something else. He had an RV and he was a successful man. Watch your time. And I had to have his funeral at 38 years of age. Because he backslid. And he got into drugs. And I had to have his funeral. One of the hardest experiences I've ever had as a pastor. Folks, it's about your time. And if the enemy can rob your time, he'll gain an entrance into your soul. And he'll try to manipulate your thinking and your choices. You won't have that discernment. You'll give up light and you'll take on darkness and you'll be deceived. America's being deceived today. Deceived greatly. Such ignorance in this society because they're full of darkness. They're not discerning the times. They don't know the days are evil. They don't see clearly. God has to anoint our eyes with ISAF. Folks, it only comes as we spend time with God. There's no substitute for time with God. I want you to read with me verse 16 of this chapter. Wonderful verse. Let's read it. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Let's read it again. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wow. Interesting. And I don't know that I have ever lived or we have ever lived in a more evil day than today. But the Bible also says, this is the day that the Lord hath made. And so it can, and it is an evil day for our society and the way it's going and all the new morality and all the mistakes we're making as a people. We don't even understand what made America great. You know what made America great? God. 
and principles of godliness where we honored him. There was morality and integrity. My dad used to say, and you know, that's not so many years ago. My dad would say, when I was a boy, he'd say it in his Brooklyn accent, a man's void was his law. We're in court today. Our lives are flooded with distractions. Addictions abound. Sexual addictions. Come on. Let's say it the way it is. Watch out for that machine you have in your hand. Watch out for that thing in your pocket. Wow, is the enemy smart. He not only has the deception in some store, he has the deception right in our back pocket. It's all around us. Come on, we're adults here. I'm telling you the truth, and it's become just astronomical proportions. It's a bondage. We have also, I think, sports addictions. You know, I like sports. I played sports, and believe it or not, at 5'5", five, five, I was pretty good. I asked one of my friends who played with me, I said, was I a good ball player? He said, you were a great ball player. We're just too small. I said, well, that wasn't my fault. Anyway... When the Lord was giving out inches, I thought he said pinches and said not too many. <laughs> All right, so anyway, sports are good, recreation's good, but how many believe that this is true? We need balance. You know, we go too far. And so when the hockey season's over, it's the football season, the football season's over, it's basketball season, the basketball season, it's baseball season, and we're on every game and we're all excited. And then my favorite movie is on. Folks, watch those movies. I don't know if they're godly people in Hollywood that are putting out what's going on. I kind of think it's defiling stuff. I kind of feel we'll be ashamed when we get to heaven. And Joseph told us some time ago in the minister's retreat that there are secular music companies that actually give the music to the devil to pronounce curses upon this secular music that we're listening and following. And folks, some of these stars that we worship, I don't think are going to be really very esteemed in heaven. Folks, we need to get out from the world and spend time in the kingdom. Amen. Come on, that should have gotten a shout. You're spending time in the wrong places, doing the wrong things. You're not walking circumspectly if you're involved in those things. God wants you to redeem your time because the days are very evil. And so look at the next two verses. It says, wherefore understanding, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You want to do God's will. That's important, right? What is God's will? Let's look at it. Verse 18, read it with me. Ephesians 5.18, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, as a young pastor, one time I made a real mistake. I said, be not drunk with wine wherein is success. I made a biggie. But you know what? It's interesting that there's this correlation between the effect of wine and being filled with the Holy Spirit. When a person's drunk, they talk differently. They walk differently. They think differently. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you walk differently. You talk differently. You think differently. 
And there is a way to think as the world thinks and give yourselves to the things of bondage of sin and darkness. And there's a way to walk in light. And the two are diabolically opposed. And you cannot do the things you would. Walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh and the lusts are contrary one to another. And you cannot do the things you would. Paul said it. Someday we're going to have a good guy version of the Bible. Everything's positive. One person said to me, oh, prophecy is always positive. A prophet never speaks negatively. I thought, well, let's rip out Jeremiah. Let's rip out Ezekiel. Let's rip out Isaiah. <laughs> let's tear out Paul. They all were too negative. Oh, we don't like to hear change. God likes change. And he wants me to change. He wants you to change. This week, God would like us all to change. But we need to seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things in the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid in Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we appear within in glory. How many are getting ready for glory? And I'm not just talking about heaven. I want to tell you, God wants us to have a little glory to go to glory in. Hallelujah. He wants us to have the joy of the Lord, not HBO and Cinemax. HBO gives you BO and Cinemax will make you sin to the max. But the Holy Ghost will make you happy. He will make you free. He will get your feet of dancing. He'll put a smile on your face. Someone said to me recently, I have a gift. I said, I have the same gift. They said, I can tell a Christian 10 feet away. I said, you know what? I can too. But I never knew why. He said, you know why? Christians are happy. Christians speak kindly. Christians have empathy. And I began to realize there's something that exudes from a Christian that's filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. God needs those Christians. He needs you where you are. To walk into the places you walk. To meet the people you need. Meet with the Holy Ghost power. And so look at verse, uh, that verse again. That I was speaking from. Here. And be not drunk with wine. Don't be under that influence. But be filled with the spirit. Now folks. Verse 16 says redeeming the time for the days are evil. Verse 18 says be filled with the spirit. One of the things Paul is saying here. Is the way you redeem your time. Is seek to be filled more greatly with the spirit. Get a fresh anointing. And so we ought to be living in that pursuit. God anoint me. God, give me a fresh revelation. God, let me hear what you would say to me at this time. What else would you like to show me? You know, folks, God is always giving. But he can't give if we just don't want it. He needs an open heart. He needs hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. Are you hungry for the things of God? Are you thirsty for a fresh anointing? Do you want him to set your heart ablaze? Are you happy with what God did 15 years ago? Let me tell you something. I got saved in 1970, 48 years ago. And I started my journey. But I'm amazed. New things, wonderful things. You come to the place really after a while, you say, Lord, is there all no end? And you know what? There isn't. There's no end. It grows. Of his kingdom there shall be 
no diminish. It will increase, it says, and be no end. God's kingdom in you will increase as you get alone with God more and new. And that's why it's fresh. It's new every day, folks. His mercies are new every morning. Look what it says in 19, how we should redeem our time. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody into your heart to the Lord, giving thanks unto God in all things. You know what God is saying here? Spend time in prayer. Spend time in praise and worship. Spend time in his word. Hallelujah. Those things seem dry. It seems ordinary. It seems like works until the words come bouncing off the page. Ha! You know what I'm talking about. And you know... Praising sometimes is sacrifice when we don't feel it. But thank God it's not always a sacrifice. Sometimes it's a delight. Hallelujah. Sometimes you can't stop shouting his praise. We had a little bit of that this morning because the glory begins to come and you begin to get filled just by giving him glory because he deserves it and that's who he is. And he comes down and he begins to fill you and we begin to get filled with his spirit and God begins to speak and do wonderful things. Oh boy. Hallelujah. Now you say, well, Pastor, how, what would you suggest to me? How do I start on this pursuit of redeeming the time? Would you say that? Say yes. Okay. I heard those yeses. Okay. So I'm going to tell you how I think we should do it. Let's turn to Luke chapter 9. In Luke chapter 9, we have two verses, 23 and 24. Luke chapter 9, 23. Three and 24. It says, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now this is not talking about following him on a wooden cross. This is talking about making wise choices. Losing that old life. Losing the things I used to do. The defiling places I used to go. We need to lose those. And then it says, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and who shall lose his life will save it. And then it says, if any man will come after me, this is verse 23, let him deny himself and take up his cross, what's the next word? Daily and follow me. Christianity is not a Sunday thing. It's a daily thing. Come on. It's a daily walk with Jesus. You see, pastoring is my job. Jesus is my life. He's also my best friend. And here's my second best friend. Amen. Amen. In fact, she's such a good friend that I told her, I said, Donna, will we be married in heaven and she said, no, there's no marriage in heaven. I said, honey, I said, could we at least share the same mansion? No, there's no marriage in heaven. And we kind of had a real, real rift about that because I'm insisting that after she has put up with me all these years, why shouldn't she get the better version of me? So I don't know. We'll see how it works out. But walking with God 
is a daily walk. And so, suggestion, many of the saints who really have found God have called the most important part of the day the morning watch. The morning watch, when you get up and you get alone in that time of prayer with God and you begin your day with Jesus. That's big, folks. I remember at camp, I was working at Pilgrim Camp. I don't know why this comes to me. Can we turn off the live stream while I tell this story? And I was in the guys' quarters, and guys are kind of something. I was rooming with this guy, Bob. This doesn't even sound right. So I had my bunk, and he'd have his bunk. And so the way he'd go to bed is he'd take off his shirt, He'd drop his trousers. He'd step out of his shoes and go into his bed. When he'd get up, he'd just step right back in and pick up the pants. He'd go. Okay, you won't remember anything else this morning than that bad illustration. But we do that sometimes. We go to bed, we get up, we just go on. We don't know that God's standing at the door of our hearts. We doesn't know that His mercy is new every morning. He'd like to kiss us. He'd like to walk with us that day. But we're not interested. We don't take that time. God is a spirit. Folks, we got to seek him and get that spirit. Oh, Yeah. Amen. So it's a daily walk. You know, I don't know. I'm feeling something in this house. Amen. Oh, Jesus. I feel the spirit of strength in us right now. Now, therefore, hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction. And be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that hears me watching daily. Watching daily. At my gates. Waiting at the posts of my doors. For whosoever finds me finds life. And shall obtain favor of the Lord. Folks, put God in the midst of your daily life and your days will be blessed by God. If you've gotten out of your word, get back into it. If you're not having an altar prayer time alone with God, do that. There's no one who has ever done much without a dedication of time. If you find out and read the histories of the best athletes, you'll see it took time. If you'll study the best scientists, the scholars, those who were inventors, you'll find they pursued it with all their heart and they spent time. And I want to tell you, the greatest saints in the history of the church did what I'm talking to you today. And we can all be great saints if we'll give him time. God's no respecter of persons. This week we're coming to a week of prayer. God's going to give us time, time together, time to receive from the anointing of his spirit and what one another carry. What a precious time. And I just want to throw out some promises in closing. And I am closing here.
But I just want to remind you some of the things we can expect when we pray this week and even beyond this week because we're not going to just have a week of prayer. We're going to be a people of prayer. And this is a house of prayer. And that's why God's working and he's going to do greater things for us. But let me just throw out some promises. I quoted one earlier this morning. Draw nigh unto God and he might draw nigh unto you. Yeah. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. How about this verse, Psalm 50, 15. And call upon me in the day of trouble. Anyone here have unfinished business? Maybe a family problem, maybe a child, maybe something you need to see. The Bible says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Amen. So we have the promises of God. Seek the Lord while he may be found. But I want to just give you one verse in closing that I love. It's from Jeremiah 29. I love this verse. God says to us, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an end of victory. How many know God wants to have victory in your life? It's never his plan to give disaster and hurt and burdens and sorrows. But this is the recipe. He said, then shall you go and you shall pray unto me and I will hear you. And you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. So we're not just asking for things this week. We're asking for him. Hallelujah. Did you get that? And it says, you shall seek me and search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you. Hallelujah. Are you with me? And I will turn away your captivity. You know, this was talking about the Babylonian captivity and through prayer of Daniel and a few, God released them, brought them home. But maybe there's places of captivity in every one of our lives. God wants to set you free. God will break your captivity and he'll bring you out of that bondage and he'll bring you into a large place of blessing. Folks, it all happens as we spend time alone with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, as you know, I am finished. And all you're going to remember is my friend who came out of his boots and hopped in the bed. But, God's doing something else. He's giving this morning a hunger for us to pray. He's giving us a faith about how important it is to spend time with God in my life. Not just this week, but till I see Him face to face. Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's all pray together. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, if you want to respond this morning and say, Lord, I want to be one of those that are going to give my time to you. Lord, I'm going to seek you this new year like never before. Let's just come to the front and say, Lord, I give myself to you. <coughs>
doesn't mean that you haven't been seeking, but it's just telling God, I'm going to seek you more. Amen. Lord, I want you. Let's all come. Thank you, Lord. Let's just say, Lord, give us power to pray like never before. Yes, Lord. God wants to fill us and anoint us and help us all. I need it. Lord, I respond to this sermon this morning. Lord, I give my time to you. And Lord, I pray that I'll be a vessel and a person, Lord, that walks in your presence. Lord, as we read that book and as we read the the word of God about abiding, walking in your presence, living in the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. God, make us complete in you. Fill us, Lord. God, do something today, Lord, as we respond and say, Lord, we give ourselves to you anew and afresh. Lord, take us as we are. And Lord, give us power in prayer. God, I want to be a person of prayer. I want to be a person that makes a difference in this world because I walk with the King. I know the King. He lives and abides in my life. And I've responded to the call that I want Jesus to be King of my heart and my life. And I'm going to serve Him. He'll give you power. He'll give you strength. He'll enable you to do things that you can't do in yourself. Lord, I pray for every person in this place, Lord, that you'll come to us and give us a great hunger to pray and give us power in prayer. Lord, that we'll make a difference on this earth. Lord, not only for ourselves, but Lord, for our families. Lord, for our land. Lord, because we're people of prayer that walk with Jesus. Come to us, Lord. Fill us more and more with you. Jesus, I need more of you. Hallelujah. Come, fill us, Lord. Empower us in Jesus' name. And Lord, have your way with our time. Lord, you show each one of us how, Lord, and what we should do or what we shouldn't do. Lord, if there's things that we should be doing, show us. If there's things that we should let go, show us, Lord. God, I pray that you'll speak to everyone in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I pray for such an anointing in our times of prayer that the yoke will be broken. Hallelujah. God wants to break some yokes. Some things you've been even having emotionally. God wants to fill you with peace. Faith. Hallelujah. God, I pray for those who can't come but will pray. God, I thank you that you are omnipresent. You can be everywhere we are as we ascend our faith. You can quicken. You can strengthen. I pray, Lord, that everyone will give you our best time of getting alone. And God, you will do something so mighty in the name.